This is the Every Catholic Man Gospel Devotional, where a man can draw closer to Jesus Christ, learn the Catholic faith, and grow in happiness by becoming a better Catholic son and Catholic father. Today we recall with sadness and gratitude the great ordeal of the Passion of the Christ, the last words of Jesus, and His total victory on the cross, which changes both human history and human eternal destiny. We'll reflect upon the need for every Catholic man to imitate Jesus and grow in the virtue of sacrifice to help build Christ's holy Catholic Church. We'll also consider St. Peter's denial and the need to receive the gift of piety from the Holy Spirit so a man can always have deep contrition when he denies God in both little and large ways. If you'd like to read along or study later, episode notes are available, which include a complete transcript and all the references to the Bible and the Catechism of the Catholic Church. You can find the notes posted nearby or at everycatholicman.com. At everycatholicman.com, you can also find a daily devotion just like this one for every day of the year. To find it, go to everycatholicman.com and look at the top menu for today's devotion. Today's Gospel reading from the RSV Second Catholic Edition, available from Ignatius Press, is from the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verse 1, through chapter 19, verse 42. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples across the Kidron Valley, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, procuring a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to befall him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When he said to them, I am he, They drew back and fell to the ground. And he asked them, Whom do you seek? They said to him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he, so if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word he had spoken, Of those whom you gave me, I lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword in its sheath. Shall I not drink the chalice which the Father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews seized Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had given counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. As this disciple was known to the high priest, he entered the court of the high priest along with Jesus, while Peter stood outside the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the maid who kept the door and brought Peter in. The maid who kept the door said to Peter, Are you not also one of this man's disciples? He said, I am not. Now the servants and the officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, 
I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing secretly. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I have said to them. They know what I have said. When he had said this, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken wrongly, bear witness to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They said to him, Are you not also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a kinsman of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter denied it, and at once the cock crowed. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the Praetorium. It was early. They themselves did not enter the Praetorium so that they might not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man was not an evildoer, we would not have handed him over. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. This was to fulfill the word which Jesus had spoken to show by what death he was to die. Pilate entered the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingship is not of this world. If my kingship were of this world, my servants would fight, that I might not be handed over to the Jews. But my kingship is not from the world. Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After this he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no crime in him. But you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. Will you have me release for you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers pleaded a crown of thorns and put it on his head and clothed him in a purple robe. They came to him, saying, Hail, king of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no crime in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no crime in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by that law he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard these words, he was even more afraid. He entered the praetorium again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, You will not speak to me? 
Do you not know that I have the power to release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Upon this, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king sets himself against Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement, and in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Here is your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote a title and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this title for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. The chief priests of the Jews then said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and made four parts, one for each soldier, and also his tunic. But the tunic was without seam, woven from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture. They parted my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did this. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, to fulfill scripture, I thirst. A bowl full of vinegar stood there, so they put a sponge full of vinegar on hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of the preparation, in order to prevent the bodies from remaining on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who sought has borne witness, and his testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled, not a bone of him shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they have pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who had first come to him by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. 
They took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb where no one had ever been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, as the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let's look at St. John's somber eyewitness account of the passion of Jesus and see what Jesus is accomplishing here. Anticipated from the fall of Eden and coming into glorious reality on Good Friday, God's divine mercy is released in the passion of the Christ. That word passion comes from the Latin passionum, meaning suffering or enduring. As a divine person, Jesus' suffering is infinite in worth, far surpassing the accumulated cost of all of mankind's sins across all time, those of the past, those of the present, and those of the future. Jesus' sacrificial choice to do the Almighty Father's will establishes the new covenant in which men who repent, are baptized, and ardently adhere to the teachings of the Holy Catholic Church, are saved and will enjoy eternal life with God in heaven. The Incarnation is Jesus' deliberate pilgrimage to the cross, and Jesus retains complete control. Jesus anticipates his passion and goes to Jerusalem to meet it. Jesus does not avoid capture, as he so easily did multiple times. See, for example, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verse 30, and the Gospel of John, chapter 7, verse 45. Jesus, before Judas acts, knows that Judas has betrayed him, but he still does not retreat. Jesus' utterance of the holy name, I am, which we saw in John chapter 18, verse 5, knocks several hundred soldiers to the ground. Though Jesus easily defeats his enemies in every single verbal battle throughout the Gospels, Jesus does not debate the Jewish leadership or Pilate. Though Jesus has the power to quell raging storms and raise the dead, he does not resist beating, mocking, scourging, or even the crucifixion. Jesus declares victory from the cross when he says, My God, why hast thou forsaken me? Looking to the source of that phrase, which comes from Psalm 22, reveals that Jesus is not crying out that he has been abandoned, but that he is proclaiming total victory, as the fullness of Psalm 22 so clearly reveals. Before dying, Jesus declares, It is accomplished. See the Gospel of John 19, verse 30 revealing that, indeed, he is proclaiming total victory and that he has fulfilled his mission to be the Savior of the world. Jesus' accomplishment on the cross is astounding. Jesus drinks the fourth cup of the Passover, which began at the Last Supper and establishes the sacrament of the Eucharist. Jesus' kingdom is established. Jesus' holy Catholic Church is established and will convert and save multitudes of people from eternal death. Jesus defeats his enemies completely as Satan is defeated, death is defeated. The Jewish leadership and temple sacrificial system will fall in 70 AD as Jesus had predicted, and the Roman Empire will be converted to Christianity in 312 AD. The accomplishment of Jesus, the Son of God and Savior of mankind in his passion, surpasses every human imagining or endeavor. Well, the passion of Jesus Christ for a man who looks at it should fill him with awe. Let's look a little closer at it and see a few things that might lead a man to awe. Be astounded at Jesus, the divine priest, as he established the sacrament of the Eucharist, an idea that no man could conceive of or achieve. 
person of the Trinity, Jesus first established the Passover ritual, and it was rigorously observed for over 1,200 years in preparation for his passion. Jesus conceives of the astounding idea to feed mankind across millennia with his glorified body and blood in the sacrament of the Most Holy Eucharist. Jesus heroically becomes the sacrificial Lamb of God to offer every willing soul the opportunity for salvation. Jesus continues to be truly present in every parish tabernacle in his body and blood and allows men to be in actual union with him through the sacrament of the Eucharist. Let's look at a couple of ways that a man can grow in happiness by reflecting upon Christ's passion. Heroically sacrifice to build Christ's holy Catholic Church. Realize, every day, especially on Good Friday, consider the necessity for every Catholic man to sacrifice himself in faith to build Christ's holy Catholic Church. Believe. Reflect upon the stunning and saving sacrifice of Christ's passion. See the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraphs 599 through 630. Pray, Jesus, Lamb of God, help me build the virtue of sacrifice, a part of justice, so I continually seek to imitate you by making small and large sacrifices every day to build your kingdom here on earth. Amen. Well, here's a second way a man can grow in happiness by reflecting upon today's gospel. Have deep contrition when you deny God. Realize Peter, even though he was personally formed by Jesus for three years, spectacularly failed Jesus Christ during the Passion. No man should be surprised that every Catholic man denies Jesus in some way every day by what he does and by what he fails to do. Believe. Reflect upon Peter's denial. See the Catechism, paragraph 1429 and 1851. Pray. Holy Spirit, give me the gift of piety, so I feel deep sorrow and have true contrition when I deny you, and help me long to receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ in the sacrament of penance. Amen. Here's today's wrap-up. Never forget that Jesus wants you to find true and lasting happiness. And here are today's two key action steps to grow in that happiness that Jesus wants you to have. First, build the virtue of sacrifice so you can heroically sacrifice to build Christ's holy Catholic Church. And second, seek the gift of piety from the Holy Spirit so you can have deep contrition when you deny God. Thanks for listening to the Every Catholic Man Gospel Devotional. Invite others to listen. It's an easy way to help lead your family and friends to Jesus Christ and His holy Catholic Church. Learn more about how to grow in happiness by becoming a better Catholic son and Catholic father by going to everycatholicman.com. Until next time, always give God thanks. He's called you to the blessing and honor of being a Catholic man and stay close to Jesus Christ.